This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to the NK1 podcast, audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, uh, two games this week and, well, I mean, two, I think, pretty disappointing results. I think if you look at both games, but um, obviously we'll get to, to this episode and we'll get into Sheffield Wednesday preview, which again is another game which uh, I know all three of us are going to and maybe just going for uh, just to go to be honest at this rate because looking at Wednesday's record it's very good but before we get into all that let's introduce gents on the call uh, Ross how you doing mate yeah I'm I'm doing well I'm watching the uh the Barcelona United game it's actually quite an entertaining game but I'm waiting on Fred to get a yellow card and at evens you know it's never going to happen evens for a yellow card yeah evens evens for a yellow card but I've got him in a double with uh, Jordi Alba so but yeah that's short odds that evens bloody hell but yeah, no, I've got one eye on that and one eye on the golf. So it's watching that day one. But um, yeah, good to hear. Good to hear. How's Valentine's Day, mate, for you? I know you had a little trip to Bolton, minus the result, of course. <laughs> well, less less we say about that, the better. Oh, I think we're skipping that game from our coverage, aren't we, Lou? Uh, maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see how we get in about 20 minutes in, I suppose. But uh, how are you doing, Joe? You good? Yeah, all good. I've um, just got back. I've got a chippy tea in front of me. So if you hear any munching on the podcast, I do apologise. <laughs> good stuff good stuff right let's get into it then lads obviously Oxford on Saturday uh, we'll start with the less easier game to uh, also the easier games to talk about, to talk about I suppose 1-1 um, one, one, I mean didn't feel like a 1-1 one, one game to be honest with you um, I think we should have been at least 2 or 3 nil up by half time um, we definitely had the chances that's for sure I mean the one that stands out to me is the Tanai one where he lays it off to well, it's meant to be Kai Kai for his second goal of the game, but then Mo just pinches it off him. I suppose it's striker's instincts and all that, but discuffs it wide, and I could understand Kai Kai's frustration. Um, but of course, before that, Kai Kai had a fantastic finish into the bottom corner, a nice little controlled finish to make it 1-0 to the Dons. And um, actually, we took a lead at home, which is nice for once, and it's just, it's just a shame we couldn't really see it out, to be honest. Um, we'll chat about it later, but I don't, I'll, for me, that 
the the last 30 minutes in particular are just I thought we weren't at the races at all and we really should have lost the game actually I think the chances that Oxford had uh, whether it be saves through coming or just missing or well, pretty tight finishes to be fair but you know finishes you'd like to think a professional footballer should be able to score um, yeah very fortunate to get the point in the end which is quite a disappointing one um, but again I mean it just shows you like you pay the price or opportunities you miss and Don certainly missed one or two of those throughout the 90 minutes but we'll get into some finer details later on but before we get into that Ross how did you uh, find Saturday mate? Um, yeah as you say it's a game of two halves and in that first half as you mentioned we did, we did obviously pay the price for missing those chances and I think the team started off really well obviously after the uh, positive Bristol result um and then we, I think we did settle down after the Kai Kai goal. And it was a case of if we've got another before, obviously, half time, I'm 100% sure the result would have been different. Um, but obviously, Oxford rode out until half time or hung on in there. And we knew that Oxford weren't going to be as bad as in the first half as in, in the second. So we knew Robbo was going to get the, get his boys up, and they did. And I think. We we obviously adjusted. I think they had a change of shape, and uh, we, it was just a case of just seeing how how they came out. And um, we never really got into that second half. And it's as you say, the way the first half went, I just felt it was just a bit disappointed. We didn't take or capitalize on the um, the goal we created in the first half. And obviously, we'll talk about it later on. But yeah, I I came out of that game a bit disappointed. I think more down to the fact that obviously Oxford's poor run of form recently and obviously with the games we had coming up, um, I think it was points there to be taken or took them. Yeah, with Oxford's last midweek, their, their only point is against us in the last six games. That just shows you how much of a bad run they are actually on. But um, Joe, how did you how did you find Saturday, mate? I think it's... Um... Overall, it's a classic case of us just not taking our chances. Um, and, and it is very true to say it was a game of two halves. Um, I thought it was more a game of a good 60 minutes and then a bad half hour. Yeah, 100%. Um, but, you know, when we talk about chances, you know, we genuinely had four or five big chances. Uh, Mo had a big one in the start of the second half. Uh, Mo scuffed one in the first half. Um, Sully obviously scored his goal. But there was a couple of balls that were just flashed across the box and either the ball wasn't good enough or there was no one gambling at the far post and just little things like that. We were fully on top. I think at one point it was like eight shots to one or something like that. You know, we couldn't have been more in control and they had done absolutely nothing <clears throat> anywhere near our net. And then for me, the turning point was when McEachern came off and when Magoma um, got put on his yellow card. Because I thought prior to that, Magoma, he was flying into things. He was winning balls. And then he was almost like, he was just a bit wary then. And then when Johnson was on for McEachran, I just think there was an element of that control that was completely lost. And yeah, Oxford, they had a few chances. I mean, the goal itself, at first I thought, oh, Cummins got to do better because he got a big hand to it. But then actually, when you see how much that ball moves... Yeah, yeah. It's it's very difficult to lay the blame at coming for that. It was very, very good, and it absolutely 
because you can actually see coming goes to dive the other way <laughs> and then it goes spins back and it's like all right okay fair enough um but yeah like you said it was almost and then and uh mark jackson said as much if you can't get the win then um at least make sure you don't uh lose and that was how the last half an hour was really um but it was a classic case of well we shouldn't have even been in that situation to start with but although you know, I think it, in the final third, things were better because it weren't just half chances. We were creating proper chances. Um, in the past, maybe it's been loads of possession around the box and we've not actually cra- crafted anything from it. This was a bit better, but we just didn't actually take any of those chances. Yeah, and unfortunately, we don't have like the the plays average positions from the first and second half comparisons. We do have it over the full 90 and... So we spoke about it about the Rovers game and we said how like Magoma and Kekrin were basically at the on the halfway line controlling the game and the rest of the players were further forward and like a 2-2 formation. Whereas this game against Oxford, you had Devoy and Isa basically on top of each other, basically on the edge of the other of the opposition's half, no one near the, the um their their box. Then you had Kai Kai on the halfway line to average position, and then Leko was arguably the most advanced player of the whole game. Whereas you look at Oxford, who I think it's fair to say they had a bit more presence going forward, at least in the end towards the end of the game. You had Joseph and Smith pretty much on the edge of our box, arguably causing a bit of a nuisance. So I think for me there was a key point in that game where the front three, especially from Rovers to Oxford, just weren't were too deep. They weren't they weren't advanced enough. They weren't creating that press and creating issues. And Maybe it was a 60-minute, 30-minute thing in terms of the last 30 minutes they got knackered and Leco came off, as you mentioned, and other, other situations happened and they just didn't have the legs. But I don't know what you thought, Ross, about the whole, you know, were, were the front three too deep? Did they create enough press throughout the game? And obviously we saw chances in the first half, but in the second half especially, it didn't really happen. Yeah, and that's when, if obviously things like that happen, that's where you obviously ask your bench to come along and, try and put a shift in and try and pull the momentum back in our favour. And that's where I was I was pretty much disappointed. Um I think it was um Max Dean. Yeah, Dean um, for Leco and Johnson for McEck. Johnson, yeah. Those two came on and they were ineffective in my eyes. Um and they they just just didn't get us out of that shape. You talked about us sitting quite deep. Um you needed obviously those two obviously get us up further up up the pitch, but it was a case of no, they, that didn't happen. And obviously, um, Bradley Johnson got put on his ass against, obviously, Lewis Bate for the goal. And yes, you probably could say that um, he struggled to adapt to the um, the, situ- the situation or the, the, the intensity of the game. But for me, I don't feel like the subs, any of, the, any of them really, um, had their presence on the game. And of course, Lewis Bate being a former Leeds lad as well. Um, I'm sure that was uh, nice to see for Jack. I've also really, uh, seen a former Leeds player score against him. Obviously, tonight had a knock and Henry Lawrence came on and it was weird. But I think we made I think we made too many subs, if anything. I don't know what you guys think about that because obviously, yeah, you listen, the lads, the lads um, need to have the legs to carry on with what Jacko's playing style wants, things like that. But as Ross mentioned, Joe, you know, we feel that if we feel that the substitutions maybe killed the momentum a little bit, do we feel that you should have kept some of the lads on longer just to see how they keep, they keep going next 10, 15 minutes? Or do you think substitutions were necessary to keep fresh legs on the pitch and try and keep that momentum going that way? 
I mean, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but things were starting to kind of slip at that point anyway. Leco wasn't as involved in the first in the second half as he was in the first half. I mean, pretty much the key element of the first half was Kai Kai and Leco making runs, and McEachern was pinging around, pinging it around for fun. Um, mm. that, you know, and that may have been down more to Oxford, but that was how we were playing. And I just think second half, like you said, the intensity. You know, it wasn't just when the substitutions happened. It was, you know, Oxford did start much better because I think they went, they uh, swapped a winger for a midfielder or something, so they had a bit more control in the middle. Um, so I think that's probably more to do with it, more just we lost the midfield battle in the second half rather than the strikers, which probably meant that the strikers were having to come deeper to try and win yeah. the ball back, you know, probably on your average position chart. Um so, yeah, and I think as well with Lecco, the amount of runs he was making and and the pressing in the first half, where we had a lot of joy from it. I think, you know, with attackers, they're the easiest players to replace because you just get straight back stuck into it. I think the McEachern for Johnson one was the one where you looked at Johnson and he just, he didn't necessarily do anything bad, but it was just sort of, mm, he's not quite there. And maybe if, say, you had like a Robson available, Maybe it's Robson that gets slipped in because, you know, Robson's a bit more high energy and you'd like to think maybe you could just straight away get into the game. But when it was so, because it was quite end-to-end towards the end and that just did not suit Bradley Johnson. And it was almost like Paris was doing the running for two at some points because, you know, I remember we tried to go through or, we you know, a ball was lost or whatever. And then Oxford getting ball. And I'm just looking and I'm like, where the hell is our midfield? It was like a donut. There was just like nothing in the middle. And even if you look at that bait goal, that I'd, was it? It wasn't from a corner, was it? It was. It was open play, wasn't it? Open play, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like, there's just nothing inside. Like inside, well, of where he picks the ball up, there's just like nothing there. So he only really has to beat Johnson, and he's got a clear like he's got a clear shot. Um, but yeah, Paris Devoy and um, and Johnson. As soon as McEachern went off. And Paris, as I say, again, Paris on his yellow. It just felt like they were chasing shadows. And you could see there was one moment where, you know, Paris, and I understand why he did it. I'm not digging him out for it because it's, you know, it'd be worse if he got sent off. But, you know, he goes to go in for a tap challenge, but you can see he almost lets the player just dribble past him because he knows if I if I touch him here, I'm off. And that's not, when that's in the back of your mind, especially in a team like ours, you know, who's all about pressing and winning the ball back quickly. That's just not ideal. So if we do get caught out, you're going to have to it's, you know, be a bit more disciplined perhaps and, and a bit braver perhaps and actually maybe go for it. Um, but yeah, I just feel that the strikers kind of struggled in the second half because of the lack of control in the midfield, which we had. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong there. And obviously... A point for like a loss in many ways. I mean, maybe it should have been a loss actually. If if you're an Oxford fan, maybe looking at that game, but um, he, he could have also won it. So yeah, I suppose a point is a it's somewhat of a fair result looking at that, but it's a frustrating one which um helps Dons in some ways, but also hinders um their chances and their objective this season of of staying in League One. Um, and what also doesn't help Don staying in League One is um their trip to Valentine's Day to Bolton. Uh, I don't really know to start with this one. Um, five nil defeat, the hot, the joint highest in the league, I believe, for the club's history. Um, 
an absolute shambles, I think is is the best way to put it. Um when when the opposition's back five or three back and then the two wing backs are an average rating of like eight point one or something stupid like that and and what was it four of them have got a goal. Um four of them scored and then the substitution for the left wing back, who by the way, the left wing back got two assists, his replacement then goes and scores. Yeah, it's 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 absolute shambles. Um and yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that maybe we should have scored a goal through Kai Kai. I thought my Gomez decision making for that the first chance for Kai Kai and I to have played in together was absolutely ridiculous. I feel like Kai Kai is literally waiting there to smash at the back and and Kai Kai I think is the one player out of these two games who I think he's joined it fair, he's been actually really, really good and I think deserves a not a pat on the back, but definitely a a, a sort of um a sort of a get out of jail free card for this these past couple of games because I think he's been the only one really that I've kind of been okay he's had a decent game here maybe Magoma also but I think Magoma's still got some work to do in terms of his performances but yeah I mean the set piece defending for this game was an absolute joke I've never seen anything like it uh, to be real with you I understand Bolton are you know they're quite a physical team they've got you know one centre back from Man City another one who's an absolute unit in Ricardo Santos and then uh, Owen Toyle who's from Ireland and is but like Warren O'Hara, to be fair, is used to Irish football and getting in that and that style of football. So, but yeah, to concede goals to every single one of them and then their right wing back being a march on the edge of the box, tapping it in. I mean, it's a deflection, but even still, it, yeah, it was just it was just rubbish. And I, I, I get like you've got a listen, you've got to be, I think, talk about being brave. They were brave going forward. They probably scored one goal, maybe two. Um, but overall, I was just. I think everyone was just a bit like, wow, like we didn't expect that much of a collapse. And you know, for Bolton, that's 10 goals in two games there. They're, they're, I'd like to think they're in the uh, automatic promotion hunt now for sure. But I think from a Dom's perspective, Joe, it was a bit of a shambles, really. Yeah, it was. Um, was it the Valentine's Day massacre? You know, so oh, yeah, I've heard that at least 10 it times. Would, yeah, it was ugly. Um, I mean, I, I didn't actually miss any goals because as soon as the third one ended, I probably went to the bar and didn't return until the second half. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I think it was... And it's so weird because we have been decent at defending set pieces for, what, two months now? We have... I, don't, I can't recall any glaring mistakes or anything we've... That's gone particularly bad from set pieces in the last two months. Maybe, maybe one of the Peterborough's goals off uh, top of my head. But, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but it was every, they had five corners. I double checked this because I was like, surely not every corner they nearly scored from. Yep, they had five corners and nearly scored from all of them. <laughs> scored from three of their five corners, and the other two they should have scored. Um, and um, I know people are people are probably going to be moaning and uh, are probably going to start um, going. Oh, here we go again! But in general, play weren't that bad. There were times, especially at one nil. And look, okay, we're losing at this point. We're probably chasing the game, but we cut them open a fair few times. And like you said, the decision making in the final third, it was rushed. It was the wrong decision, or the execution was just poor. Um, and look, I'm not going to say, oh, well, you know, let's take the positives out of it. But all I'm trying to say is, I guess, well, I guess I am <laughs> to a certain extent. But, you know, the set pieces, I mean, I don't know if any of you boys may have missed it, but in the January transfer window, uh, 
Sheffield Wednesday picked up a centre back called Aidan Flint, who might be familiar. Oh, fantastic! Uh, six, six foot six, and probably has about fifty career goals in the EFL, mostly from uh, set pieces. I'm hesitant to guess. And um, they played back three, full of absolute, absolute units. Um, so yeah, I think that might be something we work on in the next few days on the training ground. Um, but having said that, look, Bolton are a very good team. No denying that. Um, I mean, and they play a very similar system to Sheffield Wednesday. I'm sure we'll get onto it when we preview Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I think they got the third best record at home, Bolton as well. So this this Bolton game and this Sheffield Wednesday game are probably about Plymouth away. They are the two hardest fixtures that we're going to have out of 46 games. And our survival hopes aren't going to be pinned on these two results. Um, I expect a better showing. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, we could have gave them, given Bolton a bit of a bloody nose in the first half there when we did have, like I said, we did have some chances. We did get forward. We did exploit space. But it's just that final part again. And, you know, it, it, when you go into these teams, they're not going to give you loads and loads of opportunities. But we, we crafted a few. And it's when you're at 1-0, you know. It's like when we were away at Plymouth. We, we was one all, and then Mo had another chance. And if that goes in 2-1, it's a different game. But it didn't, and we lost 3-1. And it kind of felt like that sliding doors moment at Bolton where, you know, we had two or three good counter-attacks. And then it was kind of like, right, well, we've not taken any of these. So uh, you kind of, in the back of your head, you're thinking, right, well, what's coming next then? Um, but yeah, our... The set pieces were just unbelievable, and they weren't even anything special. I mean, it was very good balls into the box, but yeah, it, were, it weren't as if they'd done like a a triple shimmy and six players vanished from the you know behind the goal line, and everyone was doing the conga going into the box, and then they all dispersed. And no, it was just just players in the box. I mean, the first one's probably the worst for me. I don't know about you guys. Oh uh, yeah, any, definitely. For memory, yeah, the first personal favourite. <laughs> Uh, the, the toil just smashes to the bottom corner was quite a good one literally just fucking swung at it and went straight in the back of the net but uh, all of them are, all of them are pretty good the first one I mean I don't know whether it's zonal man marking and I don't want to try and analyse it I have not watched it back and I will not be watching it back um, but um, yeah all I can say is at least uh, me and Ross shared a lovely uh, lovely lunch before our trip up to Bolton and that was the highlight of my Valentine's Day. Oh uh, yeah, for any um for any people who like a little a little bet at the football on Saturday, uh, Aiden Flint is nine to one to score on uh, on Saturday. So um if you're Can if I have you're the price on a hat trick please <laughs> if you're if you're licking your wounds a bit um might be might be worth a little punt on that. A hat trick Yeah and of course of course as always, always as always. Um but Ross, I mean, obviously, lunch sounded nice, but how did you, uh, how did you find the day overall? Uh, embarrassing, to be completely honest. I think to put in that sort of performance, especially away from home, and I think what I think it was about 177 away fans. I, I, I genuinely think it's so embarrassing to put in that sort of performance. And yeah, we can we can talk about positives and. I can talk about positives when we lose games in the right way. And we didn't lose the game in the right way on Tuesday. And I think the players have to be called out for that. I think uh, we've said it too many times this year. Um, there's been positives or there's been spells where we look good. And 
I don't feel feel like this just for this result um, that you can bring up the positives. I feel like you've just got to address the problems because of obviously Joe mentioned about these two games. You probably are not highlighting the season, but how I'm seeing this result um, for the past two games, Oxford and Bristol. I think the confidence confidence has been up, and that back line's now conceded five, and they're looking at one another. We we don't have any other options at, at the main centre half positions due to obviously injuries. Yeah, and I just feel I'm I'm not worried, but I just feel um, it's just such a gut blow in in terms of what cost cost us was the simple and basic fundamentals of the game marking your man I mean the first one Jules is at fault I watched him with my own eyes Ricardo Santos um they've always tried to get up but um, I mean yeah he's a no chance versus Ricardo Santos I know <laughs> jump on his back or something um, he's probably he's probably probably about touched his nipple <laughs> um but no yeah Jules literally watches him uh, free header and they were one nil down and you think obviously about um just keeping it tight for the next fifteen and we looked even worse because he did two and then three. And it's just it's just so, so annoying because of and I know I, I know obviously we 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 do, do some miles um across the season but I think travelling what nearly like let's just say three hours in total including service stops it's just it's just so annoying to see a performance like that. Um because of I felt I do feel like the scoreline flattered us. And as you said, Liam, it should have been seven or eight if it wasn't for Jamie coming. He clawed the ball out of his own net what twice. And I think all that positivity, as I say, from the last two games has been undone within ninety minutes. And as you say, we've we expect something on Saturday, but I don't feel like anyone's expecting a result, um, but there has to be a upturn in performance because of if not, um, that it, it will get very stern words sort of thing in the change rooms, and uh, Jackson will will start to drop and change to the starting eleven. I've got a question for you, lads. Um, when it became three 0 after not even half an hour, I don't think it was. Did you kind of think to yourself? Well, if they're going to beat us, at least do it properly and hope that they were going to just score eight or nine. <laughs> at least, yeah. at least it'd be a record. <laughs> well, mate, I mean, I was, I was saying, you know, like, I checked my phone at half time because I was busy on the evening. And I thought, okay, three 0 half time, fine, fucking, hell, I just won't listen, look, look at this game again. But by the sound, by watching the game back, and obviously by hearing you guys, it should have been, it should have been eight or nine anyway. We should, it should have scored eight or nine. So, yeah, if we weren't for Jamie coming. We've, fucking hell, like I dread to think, to be honest. It probably should have been about eight two. Yeah, eight two, eight three, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But which is still, it's actually a worse goal difference than the five nil. So we'll just take the five nil and move on, I guess. <laughs> Bloody hell, you're an easy man to please, aren't you? <laughs> so I saw someone say um, on the um, uh, in one of our group chats, um, "Can we just take the three nil from Sheffield Wednesday, have a day out in Sheffield, and not bother having to go to Hillsborough, please?" <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, well, yeah, it's 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 going to be a tough game, I think, Hillsborough, and we might as well move on to it, because I don't think there's anything else we need to chat about regarding Bolton. I mean, are they going to start set pieces in time for Sheffield Wednesday? Probably not. 
we don't really have the physical players in that squad to really do it properly. If you want to lump Bradley Johnson into the box for 90 minutes, you can do, but he's not going to do much against Aiden Flint and um, there are centre-backs they have. I forgot the other guy's name, but he's a big lad also. Um, so, yeah, I meant the, I meant the, um, is it Akin? Hutchinson? Right? No, oh, no. For, Akin for me, for me, right? Yeah, for me, right? he's a big lad as well. So they're going to have fun with those two at the weekend. Um, so yeah, I don't think they can do too much. I mean, they're going to have, what, max two days of training, if that. Um, obviously a one day recovery to, which would have been yesterday then training today and shape tomorrow so I'm recording this on the Thursday by the way so I'm not going to have a lot of time to do anything really apart from just mentally reaching themselves football watching uh, man marking well I mean, I've got no time to do it mate, address that. Honest. you can address that just through clips can't you true because a lot of true. it was down to them two factors you can't say that it was down to qual- a quality header because of as you say, three, four, well, five, five crosses into the box or corners into the box, they should have scored. So, like... I reckon, I reckon when Santos heads that ball, if every single Dons player like put their hand out, none of them would have been within like an arm's width. But that mm. is how much mm. space he had. That was unbelievable. Yeah, I meant Satos actually. Obviously, he switched to the back three at half time, brought on Tanai, um, to right centre back, which he has done this a couple times this season. Do you think it actually did anything? For me, it didn't really do too much. We it limited it, it for about fifteen minutes, and then after that, it kind of went back to the same again. It it killed any sort of midfield and attack we had because, like I said, in the first half, there were moments where we did play one or two passes and we were in, mm. and but it that it just killed that basically. Um, so yeah, we might have been more solid. We only conceded two in the second half, so you know improvements and all that. Um, but. Yeah, no, for me, it just killed off any attacking threat. And I think it was more of a, let's not have it too embarrassing. Let's not go for that 9-0. Let's uh, keep it like that. And that's what it said out to me anyway. Yeah. But, and, uh, you know, uh, we are sort of talking about Chef Wednesday game as well. They play the same system with Wingbacks. Yeah, I mean, Ross, did you feel, just quickly back to the Bolton game, Um, did you feel that the back three gave the front line a bit more freedom? I know you mentioned about the Leco chance previously, but what do you think? I think it was just down to Bolton. They they were just trying to punish us as much as they could. And um, at times they did try and overcommit. Um, and I think it just left him a bit short short-changed at the back. And I think that's when Le- Leco had it, did have his chance. But again, we, we've highlighted the wingers, but everyone else have to, ha- has to put in their shift as well. So, um, yeah, Leco and Kai Kai, again, they did look positive, but um, the rest of the team have to follow. Yeah, most definitely. And um, I said the test I've got on Saturday and Sheffield Wednesday is arguably the toughest one yet. Um, not the form team in the country, but definitely second. Obviously, Burnley are going like, what, 12 in a row or something stupid at the moment. But Sheffield Wednesday are right behind them. Um, they haven't exceeded a goal at home since October. Uh, and they haven't lost a league game since Plymouth on the 4th of October. That was an away game. So they... Yeah, it's very much um, Hillsborough being a fortress at the moment and MK Don's going to it. Arguably the weakest they've been all season in terms of one result, coming off one result. So it's um, it's a big challenge. And as Joe mentioned, obviously with the same systems they play. Um, I mean, Joe, do you, what what are Don's actually doing in this game to give themselves a chance? I mean, when it's, you say it's a fortress, so it's, I guess we're going to a castle with a wooden spoon for, you know, <laughs> in our armoury. Yeah. Um, I'd hate it when I do this, but I was just kind of thinking, you know, and 
I mean, you look at these players for Wednesday and how we're going to play. Look, let's right, let's be real. We're not going to want the ball at all. We're going to be looking to sit deep, soak up pressure, counter attack. And Wednesday's players, I'd say, are more susceptible to you know conceding counter attacks. So, like we said, they've got some really big defenders, but you know, Aiden Flint isn't someone that you particularly um, attribute with his pace. You know, so that's somewhere where we could get in behind. Um, Barry Bannon, again, he's five foot five, five foot six, a hell of a player. But, you know, if Magoma and him are going 50-50, I'd fancy Magoma. So there are elements to this where you think, you know what, on the break, I think we could do some damage. Um, but, it's, I mean, you just got to talk yourself into that, haven't you? I mean, what is it? Is it delusion? Is it just eternal... Being the eternal optimist on the pod, I think um, it's just. Uh, I think it's you trying to justify traveling up Sheffield on a Saturday, mate, to watch us lose. Oh no, I don't need a reason because <laughs> I, I've, 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 you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, the street after breaking my street, the streak has restarted, uh, and someone's got to look after Ross as well. If he's yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting me Ross, today. Ross, is, Ross actually already said he said to me whilst we're having lunch today. So what's the plan when we get back? When we get back on the train on Saturday night, I was like, "Oh right, okay, one of them is." But uh, Ross, what do you reckon in terms of the actual game on Saturday? Because I know I know us two are maybe a bit more pessimists than Joe is, but I'm struggling with this one. Yeah, I I am I'm struggling to see us winning this game, but um, we've got to do everything we haven't been doing. Um, or everything we did do against Oxford in terms of um, we we have to take our chances. We're not going to get many at all, um, and I reckon we, we'll probably we won't get what more than three shots on target in the game. In my eyes, that's just how Sheffield Wednesday are, um, and with them shots on target, we as I say we we've got to, we've got to break break their lines and just punish them. But again, it's it's easy to say that because of. As you say, Sheffield Wednesday, they don't concede many goals, but also if they do concede goals, um, they've got a, lo- a hell of a lot of quality got on the other end of the pitch in terms of like, um, they've just got Barry Bannon back as well. So Can't wait. They're, they're top of league without just Barry time. Bannon. So they've literally just got him back and he's firing on all cylinders um, by the look of recent results. So yeah, that, that'll be fun. Um, but they've got George Byers as well who arguably is their player of the season so far. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've definitely got loads of quality and they've got the fans. It's good. I assume it will be, will be a sellout for them. Um, sellout in the way. I love how you had to clarify <laughs> for them. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it, it's, it's a monumental task ahead of us. Um, but as I say, we've, we have to sit tight for the first 20 minutes and um, not let them get an early goal. I think that's the only way forward. And as Joe said, use a counter-attack to our best. And um, let's just hope uh, we've got the luck of the football gods. <laughs> Honestly, if we get this result, mate, it's to be like result of this entry. I mean, I think with this game, you know, Ross said earlier about performance. And I think that's the key thing because, I mean, these three games we've got now are the top four in the league. Bolton, uh, yeah, yeah. Bolton Wednesday and then Ipswich. 
but then it's followed by a run of what Accrington, Lincoln, Cambridge. You know, we've got quite a few teams like that who are in the bottom half of us. And for me, it's just like I'm kind of writing off the next two games in my head just to sort of try and get me through it. But in terms of, you know, but then we have to be ready for those next games. Um, I almost treat them as, I hate the expression, a free hit. But, you know, we've played this underdog sort of style, if you want, and away from home, we have been better. You know, we played Sheffield Wednesday earlier in the season, let's not forget, and we should have won. It, and they got a dodgy... Oh, no, it was a penalty, wasn't it? Louis. <laughs> Do you remember? Oh, it, yeah. He, um, yeah, I remember. Fell that. into the box, fell into the box. But <laughs> it was dubious, to say the least. Um, but I think it's just, in my mind, I'm kind of, If we lose these next two games, it's only if we, like, proper chuck in the next two games. That's when I'll be concerned. But in terms of performance, you know, we've been pretty much fine for the last month or two without getting the results and without being clinical enough and then just giving up the odd cheap goal. But in terms of general play on the whole, without individuals being idiots, um, two of which will be starting at centre-back for us on Saturday. Um, no, but no, that, that's harsh because they have had very good games as well. Um, but I just think it's, look, just get through these next two games, breathe and then attack Lincoln and Port Vale because th- those are the games I'm looking at personally. Um, as long as we, you know, we're still outside the relegation zone. So and now. teams came, Forest Green look gone. Cambridge look absolutely dire, as do Accrington. But I think it's between us and Morecambe and Burton, personally, for that last spot. Um, yeah, yeah. And I just think, you know, we have quality in this team. And it's just about, you know, but. Bristol Rovers was like the perfect way performance in that, in terms of we went there, we played well, but we didn't like play well by opening up and playing expansive football. We did a job. And I think on Saturday, we need to be wasting as much time as possible at nil-nil. <laughs> we need to be, you know, it's it's, all, it's like you see um, Everton were doing at the end of last season when they went to Liverpool and stuff like that. You know, it gets results. You might be thinking, oh, why is he wasting time in the 17th minute? But unless you lose him, why not? Because <laughs> we take the draw and run. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's just the manner of these next two games is going to really determine how we're set up for that massive march because there are a lot of winnable, more easier games in March than there is in these next two games. Yeah, I'm sure we've all seen the Jerry Barton officials' comments recently regarding minutes to balls in the pitch as opposed to off the pitch and all that jazz. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen them, have a little read of those and uh, make your own opinions of that. But Was, it, was yeah. it 43 minutes in the entire game the ball was in play? Yeah, power according to him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely golden. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. It does help when you are 1-0 up after three minutes, though. Oh, of course, yeah, of course. Um, But yeah, literally, I think that's it, isn't it, really? This does not... It's not because in the first 10 minutes, yeah, that'd be nice and then build from there. But he said they've done against the best team in the league who has said, you know, demolished Morecambe 3-0 last night, made easy work of them. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting, obviously, and we'll all be there. So if you are there, say hello. And um, sure, there'll be quite a few of us, I imagine, because it's Saturday at 3pm. But um, yeah. Be, uh, what was that? 
<laughs> predictions then? Predictions, bloody hell. Um, a goal to score from a set piece. So I'll predict that will happen. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> that could be our prediction. Should we just each do a leg for a request a bet? <laughs> uh, Paris Magoma to be booked. Um. Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Aiden Flint to score. Paris um, booked Ross. Uh, under three point five. I think <laughs> over three point five. <laughs> what, points jewels, goals? Over three point five goals. Total in the game. Uh, in the game, yeah. Don't let me score. What three one to us then? <laughs> I'm I'm being optimistic here. <laughs> Just say Wednesday is scoring four. I'm I'm leaving the listeners on a curveball. Oh bloody hell! All right, well, yeah, okay. I mean, that's that's that. I mean, we'll see what happens Saturday. I mean, I'm sure next week we come back here and obviously we'd have had looking at Ipswich also, which would be an interesting game because last season it was a well, it was a bloody promotion game. Well, now it's uh, something completely different. But um, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. If you see us on Saturday, say hello. Uh, and until then, come on, you dons. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.